Hey, Dada Pals, welcome to another episode of Social Media Introvert. Today, my guest is the chosen Amanda. Say hello, Amanda. Hi. Um, so, a little bit of how the show goes. Um, basically, it starts with like orchestrated YouTube questions that I ask everybody. And then I ask like some outside of social media questions, like questions I want to ask. And then we do um, a question portion that people submit a questions to ask you. And then we do an open floor portion where you can ask me any question or talk about any topic you want to talk about. It's all up to you. And then we wrap up. All right, sounds good. Tell everyone about who you are, what you do, all those great things. Okay, so I am the chosen Amanda. I have a small YouTube channel and uh, I like to create um, just entertainment personality videos. I do whatever just comes to my mind for that week, to be honest with you. I don't have a specific niche. Um, and I also take requests when people ask. So, um, yeah. So kind of like a variety channel, basically. Yes. And I, I divide my uh, my videos into playlists so people can click on those playlists and find what interests them. So what got you into YouTube or I guess social media as a whole? Okay, so um, I guess I would say uh, on social media, just the normal wanting to um, connect with other people mm -hmm. um, is what got me interested in social media. But as far as YouTube goes, I would say that I have inspirations, and that would be just a few big YouTubers, mm -hmm. um, such as Jenna Marbles, um, Social Repose, Jeffree Star, Shane Dawson, Smosh, mm -hmm. um, just to name a few. And um, I actually pull a lot of inspiration from those uh, creators. Nice. Um, how long have you been doing YouTube? I've been doing YouTube for, I want to say, a year and four months. Really? Yes. Only, only a year. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you've been on YouTube longer. Oh, really? Yeah. I just, for some reason, I thought you had your channel probably longer than I had mine's. Oh, well, how long have you had yours? I had mine's, uh, next year would be four years. Four years? Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense how you've grown so much. I mean, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just sitting here like, when is the growth going to happen? But, you know, it's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. So. It takes some time. <laughs> what what inspired your YouTube channel? Um, Basically, it was more of like a distraction from myself whenever I felt kind of uh, depressed. And I was like, well, I need something to do. And YouTube was just the first thought I had. So... Plus, I sure. wanted to do one since I was, like, in middle school, but I never did it, but I finally did it, so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. How old are you? I am 20. 20? Wow. Okay. You are young. <laughs> <laughs> I am 20. I am 27. I'll go ahead and say it so, since I asked you, because that was rude of me. No, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> never ask someone their age. It's so rude. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, so my next question is, um, well, you kind of described your content, which was my next question, but I don't know. How would you describe your content, uh, I guess your ideas of your content in the beginning stages before you started your channel? So in the beginning stages, I just sort of had these weird ideas in my head of things that I wanted to do. And I'm just a natural weird thinker. Like once I get something in my head that I want to do that I'm pretty much going to do it whether the camera is on or off mm -hmm. so um, I think it started my first video I believe was my video where I camouflaged myself as a blanket mm -hmm. and 
that was inspired by uh, Jenna Marbles uh, camouflaging herself as a chair. And I was like, you know, I, I have to do this. I can't just sit here and not do it. So I went ahead and turned on the camera and threw myself out there. And the rest is history. Yep, the rest is history. <laughs> so I, I know you mentioned previously that uh, a lot of big YouTubers influenced your content. Well, I guess in a way, a part of this question is, do you usually get a lot that you remind people of Jenna Marbles? Um, I think I've gotten that one time and, I, and that was on the blanket video, mm -hmm. <laughs> but other than that, um, I have not heard that and, um, to be honest, I don't know how I'd react if I did hear that because it would make me feel kind of embarrassed. I'd feel like I was trying too hard to emulate her and I'd probably have to take a step back, but, um, I would be humbled and, and definitely flattered if somebody said that. <laughs> No, I think it would be like a good thing because if I feel like if people would tell you that it would be mainly because they notice how genuine you are how she's genuine so it's like I feel like that in that way it's more of a compliment not like oh you're trying to be like her it's like oh no you have Aww. a genuine personality like her and it's very like you know natural and inviting and not trying too hard well thank you no problem I try to I try to be that way with people and I try to let that reflect into my channel because I don't want like well even though in the beginning my channel did have sort of that awkward element where I was trying a little too hard I'm, I'm trying to lay back a little bit and just sort of let my channel go with the flow mm -hmm. um, and I've even had to take uh, a couple of weeks off late lately very recently um, just because whenever you you're going through those mental ups and downs you know that mm -hmm. you, you seem you said you experienced as well um, it just kind of takes it out of you and it's best not to create content during that time. But, um, I, I do try to be very, uh, genuine with people as best I can. Yeah, it totally reflects in your work, so you're doing a perfect job. Well, thank you. You're welcome. So, is the content that you do now your, was, well, I guess, I think, did you answer this question? I'll ask it anyway. Um, <laughs> is, is the content you do now was your original like game plan with your channel or did you plan on doing something different? That's actually a great question. I created my channel back in, I think 2009. Mm -hmm. And um, I started out just watching and watch, being a silent viewer. And um, then I, being an artist, I was like, you know, maybe I can try my hand at doing speed painting. And if I'm doing speed painting, why wouldn't I just upload it online? So I actually uploaded, I want to say around 10 videos that were speed paint videos in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And uh, they actually did not do too well. So I was like, I guess this isn't what people are looking for. Or maybe it's just such a saturated niche that mm -hmm. there's just not, the viewer is not there, you know? Yeah. So um, I took a huge break from that, which was probably a, a good few years, and um, I ended up moving on to doing what I do now, which is just the entertainment aspect. What do you like more so far? Do you like, well, actually, no, I want to say the question. Um, <laughs> what would you prefer to do more if it worked out in your favor? Would you have preferred to do more art content or to stick with entertainment? Um, I would say probably entertainment because um, when it comes to artwork, I found that when it becomes work, it's like not fun for me anymore, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, there was actually a period of time I was doing um, tattoos whenever I was younger and that was work. So I just didn't want to do that anymore. And um, I don't want that to take over my current artwork. So I probably wouldn't take a step back and, and go back into that on my channel. I think I'd stick with entertainment. Cause I feel like if you do something that you 
enjoy doing in your like your spare time and you do it like repetitively it feels like mm-hmm. okay great it's work I have to keep up this and you know constantly do it so it's like, right I, I totally understand that outside of social media what is Amanda like so I would say that I try to be just as nice and inviting as I am um, on my channel mm-hmm. um, I I'm always very overly friendly and try to make everyone feel welcome and um, to but I'm very quick to make someone my friend even if they like are not looking for that and sometimes that ends in disappointment to be honest (laughs) Um, that's actually part of the reason why I created my channel was because um, well not created my channel but started creating entertainment content Mm -hmm. is because um, I was really like looking forward to the aspect of being able to meet other creators and um, just sort of have some friends or some people that can hear me and you know just hear what I have to say which in real life to be honest with you um, because I have three kids and I'm married um, your friend circle can be very small yeah it's very hard to find uh, other parent friends who are also into like YouTube and young young people stuff it's just like either they're on one side of the spectrum or the other yeah. so <laughs> um oh what's by the way I don't think I I forgot to mention this. Um, so uh, if a lot of you are wondering how I know Amanda, we actually met at Playlist Live, uh, not last year, this year, um, and we both did a panel together. So in a way, yeah, that was fun. Um, you have made several internet friends just from that. Me included. Yes. <laughs> yes, and there's actually a couple of um, audience members that we had there who um, ended up following me on Twitter, and I kind of you know, mutually speak back and forth every now and then. And it was very nice to meet all of you guys. Um, it was really like amazing to throw myself out there, but be met with such positivity from people that I didn't even know. Yeah. Cause I think that's the thing about like the small community is like, we really, it's really inviting and not so much pressure that people think it is. Like, it's really just like, Hey, we're all in the same situation. We're all trying to achieve the same goals. Let's just help each other. You know? Right, right. I believe, um, I guess one funny thing to mention from that event that was really funny was um, there was one guy there who, if you remember correctly, he was, um, he asked me why. And the only answer I had for him was just because. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he ended up, he ended up becoming one of my followers on Twitter and mutuals with me. He was also a content creator. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to mention a name just in case uh, he might be embarrassed, but. To give you some context, by the way, the reason why he asked why, because, um. We watched Amanda's video of her putting Skittles on her face. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a little, a little background. <laughs> yes, yes. That was a fun day. I um, I, I don't know why I decided to put Skittles on my face. I just saw that um, Skittle Pox commercial. And um, I don't know. I was just very inspired to recreate that look myself. And I saw not a lot of people were doing it. So, as a small creator, obviously, that's a great opportunity to try to put yourself out there. And um, it is one of my highest viewed videos now. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> do you get... It's, um... <laughs> I'm sorry. I was about to say, do you still get uh, comments asking why? Um, not really, no. Um, a lot of people haven't really commented. Um, maybe it's just because I kind of scared them off. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, if uh if I scared if I scared someone off, then you know my channel's not for them, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm definitely gonna be out here doing the same thing. I'll probably end up like recreating that video at some point because it was one of my first videos. So um another thing that uh, Amanda kind of like lightly 
touched on is being a mom. So like, how's that life for you? It is really fun. Being a mom is one of the funnest things that I've ever experienced, but it's also one of the hardest things. And I know everybody says that, but um, one thing that I've learned is that trying to grow a YouTube channel and remain remain vigilant on social media and to be a good mother and to keep the house clean and to get everything done and to be a good wife it just takes so much out of you um but it's also so rewarding have you ever thought of like um doing like uh like a family channel because i feel like when a lot of people they have families and things they're like oh well i think as a family we should step into like the youtube light and see how that goes or just you know, try to connect with other, like, mom vloggers and things like that. So have you ever thought of that before? I have actually thought of that, but I've also thought about um, sort of the drawbacks from that. Um, When you see those family channels, a lot of times either they have a lot of hate towards the children that you just don't want, or um, there's a lot of judgment that parents are met with as to how they parent. And... um, you know, as mothers and fathers, we all we all deal with that as as it is on a daily basis, and um, it's just it can get a little exhausting if you put that out there into social media. And I'm I try to keep myself aware of that, and that's actually why my son actually um, my I have two stepchildren and um, one biological son, and I, that's why I've not put any of them on camera because I feel that it should be their choice as to when they want to branch out and be on social media. Yeah. Um, and further than that, um, you know, my husband, he's wonderful and he's a team player for sure, but he, um, he doesn't enjoy being on camera as much as I do. He's actually been in one of my videos. Um, and we tried filming another video where he did, um, did my makeup for me, but my camera didn't film the whole video. And it was like, dude, it was like one in the morning and I I started crying. I was like, I got to go to bed. (laughs) And we haven't tried, we haven't tried filming together since then just because of how stressful it was. And I was like, and he, he works full time. So, um, being that I'm a stay-at-home mom, I have more time to focus on my channel than my family does. So I just kind of, uh, I just kind of solo it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Because I feel like, like you said, a lot of people, they want to, all of a sudden, they want to be like uh, pediatricians and give advice that no one asks for about how to raise kids and things. And it's like, I don't know. It's just, they want to fucking have an opinion on something they can't relate to, I guess. Right, right. Like, you're feeding your kid too much candy or you're feeding your kid not enough candy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like... It's always something. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like, you can never really win with those kind of people. But no. it's, it's like, um, I don't know. I honestly feel like they definitely make, the exper- I'm pretty sure they probably make the experience for a lot of family channels really difficult, and, which is why I see a lot of family channels like turn off their comments and things like that. Because it's like, that's a lot of stuff you don't, well, first of all, you as a parent, you don't want to see people like talking about your child as well as you but also you probably don't want your child if they're like a teen a preteen just seeing like all these comments about like oh this is an issue this is a problem with your family it's like that's not what they want they want to just have a good time you know right yeah and i believe um i and if i'm not if i'm not wrong and don't quote me on this um i believe that youtube actually has a um a rule in their terms of service where if you are a family channel or there are kids in the video that you have to turn the comments off for them now and i'm not actually sure how long that's been a thing 
But um, I remember reading that in um, a overview of their terms of service that they changed recently. Um, but um, I'm not sure. I, I can't really say. <laughs> I, I know recently they are doing like a it had to mark their content as kid friendly if it involves like well if it's like targeted towards children if it, I think if it involves children as well right so I think that might be along the same lines probably if they just if that's the same thing just update it I'm sure right yeah and then there's um there's another side of the fence where I actually um I use a lot of profanity in my videos and YouTube doesn't necessarily like that yeah. So, um, I'm going to be honest, I don't even know if I should be setting my channel up as 18 and plus because um, I uh, I do use a lot of profanity, but they haven't flagged any of my content yet, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I think profanity is, I don't know, they're weird on profanity because I see like big channels get like demonetized for profanity and then I see like other big channels, they don't get demonetized for profanity. So, it's, it, I guess it's really pick and choose for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like for for example, we spoke about Jenna Marbles earlier. She uh, uses quite a bit of profanity in her videos as well. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, between you and me, that's actually why um, that kind of helped build my vocabulary vocabulary to where it is today. Is watching <laughs> a lot of her content. So <laughs> I would be that girl that gets demonetized, and then and then you know, her being a big creator, not because YouTube loves her. Obviously, she's an amazing person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you put it that way, that kind of just shows how they always uh, penalize like smaller channels for things like that, you know, because they that's exactly what they're kind of doing with, I mean, because truth be told, I think they're all doing this, like the whole changes and things because of the whole Logan Paul thing. And instead of giving him the, um, the uh, discipline for his actions, they're putting it on smaller channels. Right. Someone opened Pandora's box and now everyone is kind of suffering for it exactly so yeah. it's i don't know youtube just they pick and choose that was a wild drama by yeah. the way that that um video where he was in the forest and he took that video by the body and i don't want to go into detail but um yeah i'm glad that that got pulled down because um that was definitely an insensitive video. Yeah, and I, there's no way he didn't know it was in the video when I'm pretty sure you edited the video and uploaded it yourself. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's kind of amazing to me that YouTube is letting, will let a create, will, YouTube will actually remove a channel for things that are not as severe, but somebody like Logan Paul would be able to keep their channel and, but not have a problem at all other than I think that video got removed and maybe he received a copyright, not a copyright strike, I'm sorry, a, um, a strike against his channel. Mm -hmm. But um, I can't I can't really speak for him. I don't know if he received more of a penalty for that. My next question actually, which we kind of lightly covered, uh, was about you being an artist. So what got you into art? Okay, um, so I've actually been into art since... Um, I was a young child. I started out drawing um, exactly what I like drawing today. I started out drawing dogs, and then um, I would draw like Looney Tunes and little characters like that and Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, but uh, sorry, I'm getting my dog a treat while we talk. Okay. <laughs> um, and I mean, I got in trouble a lot in school for drawing a lot, but it was my way of escaping from my my reality and you know the the, the quarrels I had growing up mm -hmm. um, but whenever 
whenever I got into high school, um, I was fueled by a um, a young woman named Kay Fedowa, and um, she's on DeviantArt, but she creates comic books, and um, I started creating a comic book myself, so um, I was fueled by that for a good five years, and I never... I never completed the comic book, but I guess I probably didn't really answer your question very well. I don't really have something that really inspired me, just uh, watching a lot of cartoons growing up, I guess. Yeah. I got, well, that's actually funny when you say that, because that's actually kind of how I got my start into art. It was more like, um, I just watched a lot of cartoons as a kid, and I was like, well, I want to draw. And um, at one point I wanted to do like, I wanted to be like an illustrator for like, I don't know, a newspaper or like a book or something. Yeah. And, um, of course, when I, whenever I would draw in class, I would always get in trouble because I wasn't paying attention. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, you know, I, I don't know, drawing was like an escape for me at some point. Because it's like, well, the normal world sucks. I want to do something, I don't know, creative and something that's like not normal, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's like art was kind of like, hey, you get to do whatever you want. There's no limits. Just go for it. And I kind of gravitated towards that. So that's kind of, I really love art a lot. In a way, it still does kind of like follow me because I try to use art in different aspects now. Now that I kind of like have technology and like programs. So it's like, you know, just learning and growing. One thing that I, that I can say about art and, you know, just being completely honest, another thing that kind of um, sparked my creativity was, you know, ev- everyone can kind of lie and say that they don't enjoy it, but everyone as an artist, as a kid, enjoys the attention you get from being an artist. You always have people who are next to you like, oh, what are you drawing? You know, your drawing looks so good. And all this other stuff and in high school I was making a little bit of side cash from it like that's another another thing that kind of uh, made me want to continue doing art and to get better at it mm-hmm. I, I think yeah because I, I feel like when you get people kind of I don't know because it's like that's kind of how people knew I really drew because I never really like did anything like publicly like hey let me like draw a school mural or something like that it was more like I'm just drawing and people would just be nosy and then all of a sudden it's like oh can you draw me this can you draw me that and blah 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 the next thing you know mm-hmm. I'm getting like five dollars <laughs> per picture so... right dang you made more than I did hustle <laughs> uh, but it's like I don't know it's I feel like being that I'm such like a strong like arts kid I'm like heavily involved in the arts it was so hard to find like an outlet growing up a lot of schools they cut art programs and they get rid of art programs and things like that yeah. and um I never really it was kind of like difficult to find like uh i guess like a crowd if that makes sense to feel like you fit in with someone who also has the same passion as you yes that makes sense um so I, it was just like well if i can't find my i guess my group i'm just gonna just spend for myself and just enjoy what i do right i did the same exact thing i was sort of the person who gravitated like in between groups mm-hmm. um i hung out with uh don't laugh at me now i hung out with the anime kids and uh on like part-time and then the other half of the time I hung out with the stoners but <laughs> I wasn't running like Naruto and I also wasn't smoking a dude behind school so <laughs> I just didn't fit into either of those groups <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so how would you like the well well let me okay let me ask this one, this one first how would you describe your art style 
My art style, I would compare it probably to a mixture of like Disney and anime, mm -hmm. maybe, but maybe more comparable to like graphic novels. So um, if you uh, if you read a lot of things uh, or if you've read a lot of comic books um, and you've read things like Sonic the Hedgehog and growing up and um, uh, some old Pokemon comics somewhat, mm -hmm. um, they actually have like a specific art style and that's the art style I sort of have gravitated to. Mm -hmm. um, but not realistic, just more on the cartoon side. Have you ever done like any other kind of art style? Or is that just what you kind of just gravitate towards? Um, so that's what I gravitate towards. It's what, it's what I draw that makes me happy. Mm -hmm. um, and as I said, I don't really draw unless I really want to anymore because of the, you know, feeling like it's work. So yeah. um, for a while I did dabble in a little bit of realism and like portraits. But I realized that I was not really good with um, proportions that like that. I was more good with um, drawing cartoony style stuff and, you know, animals making funny faces. Mm -hmm. And um, for a while, uh, I was drawing like humans and but they were anime style. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I just sort of like stopped drawing that and switched over to drawing what I draw now, which is just um, I can pretty much draw any little creature out there and make it look like a cartoon and that's about it <laughs> would you ever consider doing art as like a i guess like a side career um so as a side career maybe like if i were to get back into art as a side career it would probably be trying to um recreate slash finish the comic book that i started in high school mm -hmm. because i never finished it and um it's kind of like I don't know, left me fe feeling a little weird, mm -hmm. I guess. But um, I don't think I'd get back into tattooing. I think that's too critical of a um, profession. Mm -hmm. And there's too many people that ask you for free tattoos. Yeah. So um, that gets kind of old. Um, and I can't count how many free tattoos I've done. Uh, about the comic book, what was that about? So um, I created a comic book back in... Um, ninth grade it was called arctic paws um and uh it was just about a um a red fox that um lived out in the arctic tundra and um they had sort of a like a tribal sort of family and um you know tribal values and um i didn't really get along around to the uh the main storyline <laughs> but um I sure did draw out that beginning, so I have about 20 pages before I even like had a, a storyline of what it was supposed to be about. So I don't really have um, a, like a true storyline, and I guess that's probably like one of my biggest flaws with that. It because I, you know, I probably would have it finished by now if I had a better storyline with it. And um, also, I'm not really good at drawing backgrounds, so. Um, it was. I tried for a while to find a uh, another freelance artist who wanted to just do backgrounds, and um, maybe we could work together until it were to become popular or something like that. But um, it just never happened. I never found anybody who was interested in that. So, um, but if I were to if I were to go back and do another uh, art related profession, it would probably just be going back to do my comic book, but actually doing it digitally instead of in colored pencil. Mm -hmm. Didn't you post a? Uh like a while ago you posted something from that I did yes I posted a video um 
where I talked, it's called Who is Fulteon? And um, Fulteon is actually the main character of the book. And, um, you know, with at, at risk of sounding weird, um, I based Fulteon's personality sort of off of my own. Mm-hmm. So Fulteon has sort of like a, like a deep place in my heart as a character. And that's why I guess um, I created a comic book about her. If the day comes that you complete that comic book, I think it would do, depending on how you, I, I guess, um, distribute the comic book i think it would do really well because of course there's always an audience for like um there's an audience for everything and i feel like in this day and age being that a lot of people are like into like comic books and like i don't want to say anime because i don't think it fits into the category of anime but (laughs) it's okay (laughs) i know what you mean but yeah like the whole cartoony um uh i don't know a lot of people are really into cartoons things now is what I see. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's like- more so now than it used to be because now it's like, if you're into that kind of stuff, it's it's a more popular thing to be into. Whereas whenever I went to school, you were kind of made fun of for that. Yeah. And I feel like in this like period of like this huge animation, like people want more animation and people are into animation and cartoons and things, it will totally like be very successful. Well, that's sweet of you to say. No problem. It, it's the truth. Another topic, uh, which I guess is kind of random, but I just like talking about animals, um, is that uh, you have a lot of pets. I have two dogs. I have two cats. I have two bearded dragons, and my son has a chameleon. What, which pet is the first one you ever had? I guess um, as as an adult outside of my parents' house, um, I would say it was my my black cat Karma. She's she's my baby. I love her so much. Um, but before that, um, my first pet actually was a uh, billy goat named Pepper. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell I'm from South Carolina, can't you? <laughs> it's speaking volumes. He had a hunting dog collar on and everything. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I've had some I've had a lot of pets, like different different kinds. I've had um I've had a raccoon. I've had um I've had a mockingbird. I've had um an eel. I um, obviously have had the normal pets like hamsters and gerbils and um, I've had a rat and she just passed away recently. Um, rest in peace, Snooky. What about you? Do you have any pets? Um, I just have one dog currently. His oh, what's He's a little Maltese. Oh, I love Maltese's. He is, he's something else. <laughs> he's very random, let me put it that way. Like, I would just <laughs> walk into a room and he's just like staring at the corner of the wall or he's like rubbing around on the carpet i'm like what are you doing that what is so hilarious <laughs> I, I love maltese's uh i actually worked at PetSmart for a long time um and i worked in the grooming department and i saw maltese's a lot so they have a very special place in my heart that's really cool yeah. his favorite thing recently is to stare at the mirror in the hallway just at itself <laughs> so i would like just walk down the hallway he's just staring there i'm like hey <laughs> <laughs> and he, if you're happy with the view that's fine <laughs> right yeah my cat actually she stares at the wall and i think it's because she's like looking for light mm-hmm. whenever light from like a um a passing car um headlight passes over the wall she goes and chases after it so she sits there and stares at the wall for like minutes to, to an hour at a time and i'm like what are you looking for karma there's nothing there <laughs> 
Well, maybe she's like, maybe that's, she's like, well, hey, this is my light dispenser. It gives me light when I need it. <laughs> right? She's like, my favorite TV show to watch is Wall. <laughs> <laughs> How old are all your pets? My cat, she is four years old. My second oldest pet is my dog, Tango. He's a pit bull and he is three. Aries is my uh, pit bull Catahoula mix and she is going on, um, yeah, she's eight months now. And um, my other cat, Mila, she is a calico and she is, uh, actually, I don't really know her exact age. I believe she was like around one whenever I um, rescued her. But um, I celebrate her birthday on the same day that I do uh, tangos because they, they have to be close in date. My bearded dragons, they are less than a year old. So I guess the majority of them are like, I don't know, animal years. It's like, you think what a pet is a baby. And it's like, well, no, it's like somewhat grown. So, so yeah, a lot so of the pets are young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Karma, I got her on Valentine's Day one year. Um, I was like hey, honey, I want a cat for Valentine's Day. And it didn't happen, so I went out one day and just went and got myself a cat. <laughs> so <laughs> I went and got one myself, and um, luckily he didn't throw me out for it. Just kidding, he wouldn't do that. Um, but uh, I brought I brought her home, and from there it's just been like, we tried to get a dog after that. And um, we tried to rescue a dog from a shelter, and that didn't go very well because he was water aggressive, and I had an 11-month-old who was crawling at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, still, he was walking, but he was also crawling. And he would crawl around and grab the, the water bowl, and the dog would growl at him. And after a week of that, I was like, I can't, I can't even risk this. So um, we, uh, we had to return him. And um, we even worked with the shelter to try to find him another home. And that worked out successfully, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. But um, my, uh, we ended up with Tango because my husband's uncle passed away in a uh, really, really tragic accident. And Tango was his dog. And uh, Tango was only maybe nine or 10 months old at the time when it happened. Mm-hmm. And they were going to send him to um, the people that he got him from, which they would have kept him outside in a cage. So we were just like, no, that's not going to happen. He needs to stay in the family. So we went and got him and we ended up with a dog. Like when we were looking for a dog, one just plopped into our lap. So <laughs> it's nice that Tango got like a nice loving home. People who just like keep their dogs outside like all year round, it just like runs me the wrong way. And I just hate that. Yeah. And I have too many people that I have too many people that I know out here in the country who do that. And I, I tell them all the time, like, that's just wrong. when you leave your dogs outside. Don't leave your dogs outside. But in the end, like, unfortunately, um, there's only certain things that you can do before, like, the law doesn't do anything about it. Yeah. Especially, like, uh, during the winter times. It's like, at least let them in, you know? Right, yeah. And, um, see, one thing that, um, one misconception I actually see online quite a bit is, um, you know, that if somebody sees a dog on a chain that that all are uh, on a, a lead anyways, that means that they're an outside dog. And um, one thing I can say for myself is I actually uh, I do use a lead for them to go potty mm-hmm. and I I had to rig it. So I, I stuck it um, on a stake um, by my back porch. I don't have a fenced in yard. And if I were to just let them outside, they'd go running off and end up in a neighbor's yard or hit by a car or something. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I let them out on the lead and then they go pee and then I open the door and let them right back in. But my my carpets can show that my dogs are in here 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> <Two>. <laughs> and, yes, and all I can do is like, 
I take I take pictures of them sometimes when they're on their lead, and I can understand where if somebody saw that online, they'd probably be like, "Ooh, your dog is outside all the time. Like, let them inside." And um, you know, that I know that that's not always the case, but I know that um, I mean, I haven't had anybody say that to me yet, but I can see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's gonna happen one day, even if it's like on because I have a couple videos on TikTok from um, Aries being on the lead outside, running around, just getting her energy out, and me playing with her. And if somebody saw that, they'd probably be like, "Oh, your dog's out on a chain all the time. Like, that's not right." Next up on the list, your words are questions have submitted so i have two questions here for you both awesome from kabar 4.0 and her first question is what's your fave video you've made my favorite video that i've made um would probably be the blanket video that i created Mm -hmm. um the camouflaging myself into my blanket just because i had so much energy that day and my dog was like with me and there's so many funny cutscenes in there of him just like making faces while I'm like jumping around as a blanket and landing on my couch. (laughs) 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 Anything that makes me laugh like is my favorite I guess because um I crack myself up. (laughs) (laughs) Her next question is what's a big goal that you have? A big goal that I have, I would say a big goal that I have would probably be reaching 500 subscribers by at least the end of the year next year. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to take a lot of work and dedication, but um, beyond that, um, I, I know that I need to work on my content, making it better, and um, my editing skills, and all of that is going to contribute to that. So hopefully that'll be a goal that I can reach. I think that's actually really achievable for you, like even probably sooner than you think, because from experience, I would usually just have random like subscriber growths out of nowhere, like pretty drastic growths out of nowhere. And I, f- and I think it was mainly just because a lot of people were like, oh, it was mainly, well, because they saw my older content, like, oh, this was funny, this was great, blah, blah, blah. And just seeing that work you already put into your channel is kind of what will draw people in. Right. Um, and like, I guess, and I think for you, you have like a pretty solid foundation of like previous work that can actually be a strong use for your channel and get people interested. So I think for you, it's possible to achieve that like sooner than you think. Well, that's that's definitely encouraging because um, I, do, I see the same like random patterns of growth that, that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, like this month I gained, um, I want to say 40 subscribers, but um, it's like, it depends. Like when I put a video out, then I either gain more or I just kind of like flatline. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll lose like one or two, but I think that that has to do with either someone, you know, realizing that my content's going in a different direction for them or that um, YouTube is uh, canceling out channels, not, well, not canceling them out. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Shutting them down for mm-hmm. being inactive. Um, and I have, I think around, there has to be at least 50 of my subscribers. No, actually, I think it was like 37. Now I remember. It was 37 subscribers before I started creating entertainment content. So thirty, at least 37 of those people were there for my artwork, not for my entertainment work. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm going to see those people sort of drop off after a while, especially um, on December, uh, I think it was the 11th. Ele- the December the 1st or the 11th, one of the two, where they are uh, 
deleting a bunch of inactive channels that don't watch or comment or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Now we are in the open portion section where you could ask me any questions about anything you want. It could be YouTube related or just life related or you could talk about any topic you want. It's all up to you. Sure. So um, who were you inspired by? Like who who did you first start watching on YouTube that may have inspired your channel? I think the very first YouTuber that ever came across my path was um, Shane Dawson. He was doing like the whole skits and like the comedy aspect. And I think at the time being that uh, um, I was like I wanted to do more acting and I felt like I didn't know where to go in terms of wanting to do that and I saw Shane Dawson doing it. I was like, okay, great. If he can just do a video of just like being characters and then upload it to his channel, I think that's something I can do too. So that was kind of like my, I guess my root idea. But then of course it was like, well, I had to put my own, my own like spin on it. So it doesn't seem like I'm like blatantly copying him, which wasn't my intentions, but right. he was of course like the inspiration for it. Um, wow. You did a good job putting your own spin on it because I, I really do like your skits. Oh, thank you. Yeah, my favorite has to be the one that um that you submitted at the um uh, at, at the, the panel. panel. The, <laughs> yeah, the, the call center. <laughs> that that one had me like laugh. I, I I would think about that while I was doing something else for like weeks, and I would just like start laughing to myself because <laughs> it really just you had me. I think that. Um, you know, everybody had wonderful videos that they brought, but I think that your your video was my favorite. Oh, thank you. You know what's crazy? A lot of people, after that video, after they show that video, a lot of people were like, how deep down, like, how dark did you have to go to write that script? I was like, I didn't have to go far. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was just like, look, I wanted to be as outrageous as possible. Easy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and you just have that natural aspect. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like my, my inspiration, but I guess compared to like now, truth be told, and it's like no shade to anybody, like no one really inspires me now because like everything just seems the same. Yes. Oh my gosh. So YouTube is just kind of saturated to the point where it's all challenges or unboxing. Yeah. It's all personality based now. Unfortunately, if you, if people don't come with the personality, if they don't seem to do well on YouTube. And I, I say that very loosely because I don't want to like offend anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, that may be listening. If you come to YouTube and you're and you're you have no personality or you're off-putting or you're awkward, like they're gonna pick up on that, and um, a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, and I feel like that's what makes a lot of like new channels or like new YouTubers want to be like, you know, do like this whole persona thing where it's like, you know, hey, what's up, you guys? Blah 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 blah, and like they're all super hyper and things like that. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's that kind of puts that idea into like you can't be your natural self because you have to put on like an act you know right there's one person who's genuinely her like that that i am ta i'm about to speak of her name is amelia fart do you know who that is i don't think i've heard of her no so she's a youtuber who um she's sort of in her day-to-day -day life she dresses um very dramatically mm -hmm. she wears like usually like a robe or a sash and um she has like um you know dramatic makeup and um oh wait is this, the girl, back. is this the girl who um wears like scarves a lot yes yeah i think I, I know who she is yeah yeah yes i love her because she is so herself but she doesn't care what anybody thinks about her and i strive for that level of just not caring in life but mm -hmm. like also caring you know as a person about other people yeah. she's just an amazing person do you have any um YouTuber, any um big YouTubers that you like to watch that um are like are kind of like that? Um, 
Well, for one, Jenna, of course. I, I just think she's just... The, I think she's, like, the epitome of just, like, naturally just herself. Um, yeah. Let's see who else. There's a YouTuber called Zachary Campbell. He's, like, a commentary channel, but I can tell, like, his commentary isn't, like, something that's, like, to appease the fans of whatever artist he's talking about. It's just his honest truth, and that makes me love him even more, because it's, like, I feel like a lot of people are scared to talk about other people's favorite artists because they don't want the fan bases to, like, attack them and stuff. But right. he's like, look, I'm just going to be honest. The song sucked. <laughs> so what? <laughs> <laughs> I um, love people that are, like, honest about that kind of stuff. Yeah, because, like, if I want to hear a review about something, I want the honest truth, not something, like, watered down and sugar-coated. Right, or sponsored. Exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, then, like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say something else. You're fine. Oh. Um, and then another channel, I don't... Well, I feel like some people know who they are. Some people, some people don't. Um, they're called Threadbanger. Um, they're like I've a, never heard of them. They're like a DIY channel of like a married couple, um, Rob and Corinne. Okay. And um, they're just like 100% themselves. They're they, they don't ha- they have a you know don't give a fuck attitude about things. It's like, well, look, we're gonna sit here and do a whole entire bowl made out of pizza, and you're gonna enjoy it. And it's like it's really fun to watch. <laughs> Oh, that's really cool. I'm going to write that down, actually, because um, I'm always looking for new YouTubers to watch. One thing I forgot to mention earlier is um, the very first YouTuber I ever watched was actually uh, Ray William Johnson. He was doing Equals 3 back in 2000 and, uh, 2009. Mm-hmm. And then the second YouTuber I ever watched was uh, Shane Dawson. So I'm right there with you. Like I've been watching Shane Dawson like since he was doing his skits and and even a little bit before that Mm -hmm. and he's definitely a huge inspiration i love how authentic he is as well he's had he's had a few scandals though but other than that he's um you know one of those people that you can tell he's kind of coming from a from a a good place Mm -hmm. um i just thought of one more person to add to that list um there's a and don't laugh at me. <laughs> I oh, you're good. <laughs> sometimes I do like to enjoy watching a makeup tutorial, even though I have no idea what the hell to do. <laughs> um, and one <laughs> a channel, her name is Jackie Ina. She's a beauty guru. And she's just, I don't know. I feel like when I watch her videos, like I've never seen anyone do like a tutorial like she does. It's so funny. And it's just so like her personality just shows through. Okay. I wrote that down too. Cause, uh, like I said, um, especially with makeup tutorials, like I, I don't, I don't watch a lot of makeup tutorials, believe it or not. I don't follow tutorials very well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just my like inner, like unable to follow directions person talking. I just mm-hmm. don't, I don't follow directions very well. So if someone's showing me how to blend eyeshadow, like I cannot do it like they do. And I get really frustrated. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I could totally relate to that. Cause I remember one Halloween, I was trying to follow like a Halloween tutorial and I was like, I can't get master match. How do they get that shape? I can't do this. And I was right? so frustrated. Dude, and speaking of Halloween tutorials, yours were off the chain. Like, I loved the, the Chucky and the Bride of Chucky tutorials. Those were amazing. Thank you. I felt like with those, I just wanted to do something that, first of all, something that was, like, noticeable, something iconic that people know. But at the same time, I was like, well... I don't really see like a lot of people of color doing these tutorials. So I kind of just wanted to like, let's do something that I don't see a lot of people doing, you know? Right, yeah, you knocked it out of the park for sure. 
Thank you. I haven't found really a, a, another inter entertaining, uh, sorry, I couldn't speak either. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't find another um, entertaining um, YouTube, uh, YouTube Halloween tutorial like yours. Like yours have that just, the editing is magical. I'm actually glad to hear that because I, truth be told, I was very, very nervous about this whole like doing several looks things because I, even though I was trying to like make sure the costumes were very detailed and looked like the person or character I was trying to uh, go as, I was just very worried like, you know, people were gonna talk about my technique or how I'd got like this one little detail wrong in the costume. I was like very nervous about that. So to hear that is actually kind of reassuring. So uh, are you thinking about, I hate to change the subject, but do you, um, do you think that you're gonna do Vlogmas this year? I thought about it, um, cause I have a, I'm a part of a Christmas show coming up and I was going to like vlog like some behind the scenes stuff of that. Um, but at the same cool. time I was like, I don't know if I'll probably have time cause I'll be so busy. So it's kind of up in the air right now. Right. And I feel the same way. Like, I don't think I could do the everyday vlogging like some of the other creators are able to do because they don't really... Either they have their family involved or they don't really have like kids or anything to keep them occupied. So it's easier for them to do it. But I have to like make sure my kids are playing games or doing something that interests them. And then I have to make sure that, um, you know, cause my, when my husband's around, I want to spend time with him. So I never get anything done. I don't even get any cleaning done when he's around. So, um, I think that what I'm going to end up doing is I might just do it like by the week and just kind of film throughout the week but then mm -hmm. edit it all into a like week review sort of vlogmas mm -hmm. that's actually what i was planning on doing too because i was like well i know doing like the rehearsals and stuff i need to be like fully focused so um i'll just great like, minds think alike yeah <laughs> so i'll just like you know film like my like whatever i'm doing holiday wise through the week and then probably like upload on saturday okay yeah, I, I've been starting to upload on Saturdays recently, too, because my husband actually has uh, started going hunting, and I'm like, that is a perfect time for me to get my videos done. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other questions you'd like to ask or topics you want to talk about? I think that I've asked everything I needed to ask or, or can think of. So a question that I like to ask a lot of creators, or at least I try to, but I forget to, <laughs> is, is like um, how social media can tie into uh, people's mental health. Do you think that social media could be good for people's mental health or do you think it's just mainly not helpful for people's mental health? I believe that um, it depends on what sort of mental health issues that the person might be dealing with. So. Um, I, I personally, I don't mind talking about it. I have bipolar type two. So, um, for me, there are ups that are really high and lows that are really low. Mm -hmm. So on days where I'm feeling on top of the moon and things are going great on social media, it can make me feel like so like amazingly happy. But then there are days where like, for example, if I upload a video and it's like got three views within an hour and I'm like, uh, what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and on top of that, you're comparing yourself to other people in their lives. And, um, you know, that can affect you in a negative way. So for me, it's like there are ups and downs, but for somebody who may have just anxiety or just depression, I can understand why it would be nothing but a downer to be completely honest. And the reason why I say that is because like, like I said, if people are constantly posting their lives online and especially Facebook, Facebook is the worst. I call Facebook the cesspool of the internet because it's just 
it's full of like just nasty people just like and then all they're doing is showing the good parts of their lives and picking cherry picking what they want you to see mm-hmm. and it's just like it's toxic facebook is so toxic but on twitter for example like that's a place you can go where everybody's just there to laugh and have a good time and mm-hmm. um sometimes you have people who are there for different reasons but if you if you um have the the correct if you have like you choose what followers you want and you can mm-hmm. um or you could choose what people you follow i mean and you can mute words that you don't want to see and stuff like that i love that about twitter and i think that so i think I guess to answer your question, um, I believe that with with depression and anxiety, I can see why it would be sort of more hard on your mental health instead of good for your mental health. Because mm-hmm. I like to just hear people's thoughts on this, even though I know there's nothing that the internet can do about it. But just hypothetically, I guess, do you think there's a way that social media, I guess, let's talk about, let's just say like apps. Actually, no, let's just do like one specific uh, thing. So let's say YouTube, for example, hypothetically. Do you think there's a way that they can do something to, I don't know, aid people with their mental health if they could? Perhaps. Like, for example, just in case the question seems kind of like far off, like provide resources or um, make like mental health directed content as like from like a company or something like that? I believe that maybe a good idea would probably be to um, allow people to who have like um, degrees in mental health to be able to create specific channels mm-hmm. that are you know verified in their own way, and maybe they could be allowed to live stream with mass amounts of people at a time who are going through some hard stuff and create sort of a support group for people who are dealing with mental health. Mm-hmm. And um, if a lot of times people do better in support groups because there's a, a massive amount of people there who are going through the same thing and it helps you just not feel so alone. And it's really hard to get that help one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for lack of a better way of saying it, I don't think that America is on, on par with mental health yet. I think that we need to be more, more adamant about our mental health because that's one of the leading problems in our country mm-hmm. and um i think that there definitely needs to be more outlets and more um abilities for people to just be able to get on their phone and talk to somebody and not feel so singled out mm-hmm. well to kind of like piggyback off that last statement um because something i'm starting to notice now because i see a lot of commercials for it or like advertisements is that they were making like apps where you like talk to a uh not a consultant was oh, that the word i want to use no yes that's like an online therapist i know what you're talking about yeah like an online therapist but yeah like there's <laughs> one there's one i believe i'm gonna go ahead and say it um even though it's not sponsored um better help was one of them that people um advertised can't remember the name of the other one and i'm not gonna dwell on it but um i think that those apps are a great idea and but i think that they need a little bit more work and the reason why i say that is because um like for example when you create something for people to go to for mental health there there has to be a comfortability factor as well Mm -hmm. and for them to not feel like you're just trying to sell them something yeah and a lot of these a lot of times like these apps do charge money and um it's not where you can just like easily talk to somebody Um, so like, for example, I've had times where I've been so down low that I needed to talk to someone, Mm -hmm. but 
I never, it never once crossed my mind to go on there and go to BetterHelp or any other of those um, head, like Headspace, you know, those other apps like that, because um, I just, I don't feel drawn enough to those apps. And I think that um, they could probably do a little bit better job marketing it and making it a safe place for people with mental issues. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that was kind of something I thought too with those apps. I was like, well, it's a great idea, but I feel like they are probably, you know, charging, like, people money just to talk to someone after a certain time or, you know, making it more about the money and less about, like, actually helping people. Right. They should give people at least, like, three free sessions or mm-hmm. three free, like, calls or something like that that you can do mm-hmm. where you talk to somebody and then after that your trial is over and at that point you can say, well, this really improved my mental health. I'm ready to take this leap and, and pay for this. And, um really a lot of therapy should be like that in that sense like where they allow you to go there and meet the person first because if you go to therapy and you like meet a therapist that you don't like that can put a huge like that can set you back for a long time yeah um because i feel like if you kind of know who you're talking to and kind of like it kind of feel like they kind of understand where you're coming from instead of kind of like uh belittle like belittling you and like contradicting you it makes you feel more comfortable and like okay great this could be helpful and this can actually be a great resource of a person to turn to and um i've i've even recommended this app to um a few people that i know but they just don't even they don't even feel comfortable to um get on the app either so i think that that's um definitely a big a big issue that they should work on yeah let's make this one another hypothetical do you think that there's a way that bigger creators bring like the topic of mental health to the forefront so for like example being that they have like such a huge following and things like that do you think there's a way that they can i don't know like get brands that are like like brands they work with to kind of like do something to like i don't know give like donations to like a mental health foundation or to provide resources to like like for example let's say they do like a contest like hey with this brand will um not like a contest but like more of like a random giveaway like hey if you're someone who needs like i don't know like a a therapy session you know i'll pay for it myself me and this brand will team together we'll pay for it help you out or things like that so um i have seen where a few creators have actually done that um in sort of a way um not really paying for it but giving like discounts off Mm -hmm. um like for example, just to name somebody off the top of my head, Shane Dawson, um, he um, advertises for mental health uh, apps, and so does um, I think Trisha Paytas has done it a few times. Um, but that's all I can really think of off the top of my head. I do believe that more big creators could get into doing that, as well as maybe creating a whole video where they talk about like their mental struggles, and uh, that way it's not such a foreign topic for people. I think that normalizing mental health issues um, can be equally as important. So um, as far as the apps go, um, with them teaming up with these creators, I think that is an amazing idea and that they should continue doing that and maybe do it a little bit more. So yeah, I do think that um, there is a little bit more that um, big creators can do, but at the same time, I don't think that um, like I wouldn't hold them respon- like personally responsible for that either, mm-hmm. because at the end end of the day, they're all like they have their struggles as well, you know, like we do. And um, I know that um, 
if I was dealing with like running a big channel and everything, I would want to do my best to continue on bringing light to mental health because um, I have in the past brought mental health in um, on my channel because I, I I talk about it in normal life like it like it's it's just an everyday thing mm -hmm. and that's the way I treat it and I think that a lot of big creators could do that and that would really um, help out a lot of their viewers which you know a lot of people find it taboo to talk about in their channels because they think that it's going to cause them to either be demonetized or that no one's going to want to watch it anymore because they're going to judge them mm -hmm. and I think that getting rid of that stigma is very important and um, to uh, kind of ignore it in a way is a little irresponsible yeah I, I feel like I don't know, society kind of has made this idea, like, uh, if you're talking about, like, I see a lot of people talk, like, say this now, usually, like, the older generation, like, if you talk about your mental health, it's like, okay, well, it's something that's, well, they either say it's made up, or just something you're just doing for attention, and mm. it's like, I feel like that makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable to just openly talk about it, because it's like, well, I don't want to seem like I'm, like, fishing for, like, compliments or support or likes and things, you know? Right, yeah, and um, I've experienced that a lot in my life where people have thought that I was doing things for attention or whatever, but, and I'm like, you know, I'm still going to be having a panic attack whether someone's sitting here next to me or not, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm not afraid to tell people that, so um, I, I'm just, I've always been a very open advocate for, for mental health because I think that it's just very important for people to understand that it is a normal thing and just because you don't go through it doesn't mean it's not a thing yeah. and that someone's faking like that's the most dangerous thing you can do with somebody with mental health is think that they're faking because mm -hmm. from my personal experience I've had like um, ex-friends who always felt like well you're just doing you know you're just acting this way uh, because you just want, you just feel like you're not getting enough attention, or you're just doing this because you just want to be the center of attention. It's like, well, no, I am this way because it's just how I am, you know? I am right. not, like, purposefully, I'm not, like, on purpose, like, making myself feel like trash and, like, you know, potentially right. putting myself at risk, you know? I'm not doing that on purpose for attention. It's just, that's just how I'm wired, you know? Right, and if it was that easy to fake it, like, wouldn't it just be that easy to, like, pretend to be happy? Like, yeah. we would love to be able to just do that, and you can't when you have your your mental health in the way. Yeah, I hate to cut this short, but I also want to keep conscious of the time. You tell me you had to no, yes. get your son. Oh, this is really such a good conversation. I hate to cut it short. <laughs> um, yes, it is. Maybe we can do, like, a, a part two sometime. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you all for listening to Social Media Introvert. Thank you to Amanda for being a guest. Thank you. Um, If you would like to know more about Amanda and see everything she's done. Uh, whoa, words. See everything she's doing on social media. All her, If you're watching this on YouTube, all her links will be down below. Um, If you're streaming this on any of the streaming websites, leave a review. That helps me a lot. Any final words you want to say? Um, if you want to find my channel and um, you don't see any links, um, it is youtube.com backslash the chosen Amanda. And I would love to have you part of the fam. As always, thank you all for listening and I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.